Good morning, and as always, thank you so much for just the privilege of being able to worship together with you this morning, and uh, to all those who lead us every week, I'm so incredibly grateful. This morning on this very first Sunday of 2021, I want us to look together and hear what God's Word has to say to us about change. And not just change, but radical change. I don't know about you, but when I think about this past year, 2020, I find myself ready for some change. Um, I, I find myself hoping, praying, perhaps even begging God, please, 2021 might be a very different year from 2020. That's okay. If, if you feel that way, I, I think it's fine to pray that way, that uh, we'll have a very different year in 2021. But what I really want to talk to you about this morning is about change that needs to come in your individual life. What about change inside yourself? What kind of things need to happen there? In this new year? That's the question I want us to look at this morning. And in order to help us do that, we're going to look at a single verse. One of the most astounding verses in all of Scripture, really, when you think about it, it comes from the great 11th chapter of the New Testament book of Hebrews. So if you want to take your Bible or your phone or whatever device you may have this morning, if you're here with us or at home, and turn to Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to just look at a single verse here in this chapter, this great chapter that has been often called God's Hall of Fame. This listing in Hebrews chapter 11 of the great heroes and heroines of the faith, these amazing men and women of God, uh, that, that God took and took their lives and He used them to do incredible things. You'll find the names of people uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, like Abel and Enoch, Noah, Abraham and Sarah, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Gideon, Samuel, David, the prophets who, who did just amazing things. In fact, if you look at verse 33 of Hebrews chapter 11, it says these kinds of people, look at this, conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, were made mighty in battle, put foreign armies to flight, even, it says, received their dead back through resurrection. I mean, these are the kinds of amazing things that are reserved for these kinds of amazing people, right? I mean, if you're a Noah or a Moses, 
or an Abraham or a Sarah or somebody like that, an Elijah, a Daniel, then your name belongs in this chapter because the Bible tells us God did all of these great things through these people's lives. And yet, there is a name here in Hebrews chapter 11 that seems so incredibly out of place. This person must be the strangest, most unlikely person of all to find his or her name listed here with these great heroes of the faith. Her name is Rahab. And her story gets just a single verse, verse 31, in this great chapter, Hebrews 11. So look at this verse with me, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. It reads this way. It was by faith that Rahab, the prostitute, welcomed the spies and was not killed with those who were disobedient. Now in case... That didn't hit you the way I think it should have. Let me read it again. It was by faith that Rahab, the prostitute, welcomed the spies and was not killed with those who were disobedient. Rahab, she was a lady of the evening. She practiced the oldest profession. She worked in the red light district. She was a harlot, a prostitute. A lot of other descriptive words we could use here, some that wouldn't be appropriate for a Sunday morning message. But they all paint the same sad picture. Now listen, I don't know about you, but when I come to verse 31, I just want to say, whoa, wait a minute, God. What are you doing putting a prostitute in your hall of fame and not even trying to hide it? I mean, if you're going to mention her at all, why not just say Rahab? Why go out of the way and say Rahab the prostitute? Well, for one reason, I hope you understand this morning that this book, the Bible, is very honest. It doesn't try to hide things. It doesn't try to gloss over things. It deals with real life. It deals with real people. And it deals with real problems. But I think there's a second reason, and really the main reason why Rahab is included here, and that is because God wants us to know that there is hope for you and me. If a lady of the evening can be included in God's hall of fame along with the likes of Noah and Abraham, Moses, David, and the prophets. If Rahab can be included with folks like these, please don't tell me how bad you messed up yesterday. There's hope for you today. Don't tell me about what happened or didn't happen 
in your past if you're willing to make a change going into the future. Rahab's life tells me something that that just grips my heart this morning. Rahab's life tells me there is something significant God wants to do, there is something He can do, and there is something, my friend, He will do in your life and my life if we are just open to some radical change. That's what the story of Rahab's all about. It's a story of radical change. And, and I need to say this right out of the chute this morning, okay? So please hear me say this. It's very important. Just because you have not been a great sinner like Rahab doesn't mean you don't need some radical change in your life. We, we're tempted here to hear this word prostitute and think, oh my gosh, that's awful. Yeah, it's awful. But guess what? So is spiritual apathy. So is materialism. So is cultural Christianity. So is putting your own desires and your own will before the desires and the will of God. So is coming to church on Sunday and then doing whatever the heck you want to do Monday through Saturday. So is holding your Bible in your lap this morning and then not touching it again until the same time next week. So is selfishness and anger unforgiveness, lust, gossiping, bitterness, disobedience to your parents. Listen to me this morning. There's not a single one of us who gets off the hook today. Not a single one of us who gets off the hook this morning. Nobody's left out. See, many of us have gotten very comfortable with our sin. Many of us, if not all of us, are in need of some radical change. So so there's two simple, very simple things I want to share with you this morning. In fact, this may be the simplest message you'll ever hear. But I believe it can make a profound difference in your life, in your 2021 and beyond It will make an incredible difference in what God is able to do in you and with you and through you from this point forward if you will just do what Rahab did. Two things this morning. Let's look at them quickly. Here's the first one. If I want to see radical change in my life, the first thing I must do is I must break away from the crowd. I must break away from the crowd. Now, this is absolutely exactly what Rahab did. The writer of Hebrews, look at verse 31 again, says, By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those 
who are disobedient. Now this single verse is really a very condensed version of a story we find in the Old Testament book of Joshua, beginning with chapter 2 and really going all the way through chapter 6 of Joshua. So if you want to hold your finger in Hebrews 11, turn to Joshua chapter 2. Let me give you a little bit of background here. We'll look at some verses together. Let me tell you what's happening in Joshua chapter 2. In Joshua chapter 2, God's Old Testament people are finally, at long last, on the verge of entering into the promised land. As they stand on the eastern side of the Jordan River and they look across it, they see there the imposing walled fortress of a city called Jericho. Now, God had a plan for dealing with the city of Jericho, and probably most of us here this morning already know the story of how the walls of that city came crumbling down. You remember that story, how Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. But before that happened, Joshua decided that it would be a good idea to actually find out what was going on inside Jericho, so he decides to send two Israelite spies into that city to do some kind of advanced recon work. Now, I've heard some people say, well, that was a lack of faith. No, it wasn't a lack of faith on the part of Joshua. He was just doing what any good battlefield commander would do in a situation like that. He wanted to try to gauge the strength of the enemy. He wanted to probe their defenses. He didn't know yet what God was going to do. So he sends these two spies into the city of Jericho, and guess where they end up? They end up at Rahab's house. Now, again, this is not because they were doing something immoral. Rahab's house would be a place where it would not be unusual at all to find strangers. A lot of folks would be going in and out of that kind of place. And in addition to that, if you look at verse 15 of Joshua chapter 2, it tells us that Rahab's house was built into the city wall. So there was a ready escape hatch there through the windows and out of the city if the spies needed it. So they just found a place where they hoped they wouldn't be noticed and where they could get out quickly if they needed to. Now, a lot of stuff's going on here in Joshua chapter 2. But let me just sort of give you uh, the the main thing here and make a long story short. The king of Jericho somehow finds out that Joshua's spies are in the city. And he somehow finds out that they're hanging out at Rahab's house. So he sends his soldiers to capture them. Rahab gets word some way, don't know how the grapevine worked then, but she knew the soldiers were coming, so she takes these two spies up onto the roof of her house, and she hides them under some stalks of flax that she had drying up there on the roof. And then she sends the king's soldiers out on a wild goose chase by suggesting to them that perhaps the spies had already left the city. So she helps them escape, uh, the soldiers, in that way. Later that night, Scripture tells us, before the spies went to sleep, Rahab goes back up on the roof, and she has a rather long conversation with these guys, and we need to look at this conversation. In verses 8 through 14, of Joshua chapter 2. Follow along with me. It says, Before the men lay down to go to sleep, Rahab came up to them on the roof, and she said to the men, 
I know that the Lord has given you this land and that the fear of you has fallen upon us and that all of the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt. And we've heard what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, He is God in the heavens above and on the earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that as I have dealt kindly with you, you will also deal kindly with my father's house. And give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and deliver our lives from death. And the spies said to her, Our life for yours, even to death, if you do not tell of this business of ours, and then when the Lord gives us this city and this land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. Now, there's some really significant things taking place in this conversation. Rahab says, hey, listen, guys, I've heard about you. In fact, everybody here in Jericho's heard about you. We, we've heard about how God opened up the Red Sea, how you crossed over on dry land. We've heard about how he led you in the wilderness, how he provided for you, how he defeated your enemies. We know all about that. Now, the amazing thing about that is that these were 40-year-old events. The things that Rahab is talking about here happened 40 years earlier. She's talking about Moses and the Exodus. This is now Joshua leading the people into the Promised Land. 40 years had passed since God's people had crossed the Red Sea. In fact, it's entirely possible Rahab had not even been born when those events took place. But she knew all about them. And she says to the spies, listen, I not only know about those things, I believe them. I believe what happened in Egypt. I believe what God did for you at the Red Sea. I believe how He defeated your enemies. In fact, I believe all this stuff, and not only do I believe all this stuff, I believe in your God. She actually uses the Hebrew name for God here. Yahweh, the God of Israel. I believe in your God. In fact, she says, He is the supreme God in the heavens above and on the earth below. So Rahab said, when God gives you this city of Jericho, and I know He's going to, I want you to treat me like I've treated you, and I want you to spare my life, and I want you to spare my family. Now, now, here's what I don't want you to miss. All of Jericho had the same information that Rahab had. They all knew this. Everybody knew it. Only Rahab acted on it. Only Rahab chose to do something about it, to respond to it. And that is why when the city of Jericho fell... Only Rahab and her family were saved. Now, what does this mean for you and me? 
That's, that's the question of the morning. What lesson do we need to learn from this story? Well, here's one. If I want God to radically change my life, then I have to determine that I can't be worried about what everybody else is doing and I can't be concerned about what everybody else is thinking. You understand that? It sounds simple, but this is profound. Listen to it again. If I want God to radically change my life, I can't be worried about what everybody else is doing, and I can't be concerned about what everybody else is thinking. You see, Rahab had a choice. She, she could have gone along with the crowd. She could have done what everybody else was doing. She could have said, hey, nobody else is believing this stuff. Nobody else is taking this stuff seriously. Nobody else is putting a lot of emphasis on Egypt, the Red Sea, the wilderness, manna, or any of that stuff. She could have decided that since the crowd was going another way, since her friends were going another way, since the society and the culture was going another way, she could have decided, hey, I don't want to be a lone ranger here. I don't want to have to stand by myself. I don't want to run, want to run the risk of what people might think of me or they might criticize or ridicule me. Rahab could have said, you know, I'll just go along with the crowd here. But she determined that it was time to take a stand. She determined that God had more for her than what she had experienced in Jericho. And so she made the decision and said, I'm going to break away from the crowd and I'm going to follow God. And she was the only one. Now, listen to me. I don't care, and it doesn't matter what age you are today. Kid, student, all the way up to senior adult. I don't care how hard it is. I don't care how great the pressure is. I don't care how strong the temptation may be. I don't care how different the culture is. Here is the truth. Will you hear it? I do not have to be like everybody else. You do not have to be like everybody else. In fact, you can't be like everybody else if you want your future to be any different from your past. Ain't going to happen. I want you to hear some words in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 through 18. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18. God's Word says this, You are not the same as those who do not Believe. Did you, do you, can I stop there and can, you, can I read that again? You are not the same 
as those who do not believe. So don't join yourselves with them. For what partnership does righteousness have with unrighteousness? Or what fellowship does light have with darkness? Or what agreement does Christ have with Satan? Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? Or what agreement does the temple of God have with idols, for we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will make my dwelling among you, and I will walk among you, and I will be your God, and you will be my people. Therefore, flee from them, be separated from them, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, then I will welcome you, Then I will be a father to you, and you will be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. You cannot be like everybody else if you want radical change to come into your life. You have got to determine right now, if you want God to bring change into your life, You have got to stop marching with the mass of the uncommitted and you have got to determine, I'm willing to be different. I'm willing to break away from the crowd for the sake of Christ. Now listen, I understand this isn't easy. Especially I say to you younger younger folks here today, but this applies to all of us, Yeah, you may look odd if if you're the only one living your life differently and everybody else is going the other way. It may not be easy for you to, 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 to walk into the prevailing winds and walk against the prevailing winds of the culture. I understand that. But let me tell you something, and my friend, you can take this to the bank when it's all over, when the last word has been spoken, when the final verdict has been pronounced, you're going to be the one left standing. You understand that? You're going to be the one still holding it together. You're going to be the one who's not being crushed by your circumstances. You're going to be the one not being defeated and destroyed by your enemies. You're going to be the one who comes out on top. Listen, when the walls of Jericho fell, only a prostitute and her family were left standing. A prostitute who came to a point of decision when she determined she was not going to be like everybody else and she was going to break away from the crowd. Do you want radical change in your life, my friend? You have got to break away from the crowd. You cannot live like everybody else is living. You cannot make your decisions the way everybody else makes their decisions. You cannot set your priorities by the same standards by which everybody else sets their priorities. You've got to dare to be different, not for the sake of being different, but for the sake of 
following hard after Christ. That's going to make you different. Even among certain believers or those who say they're believers. So, first thing. If you want to see radical change in your life 2021, you're going to have to determine you're going to break away from the crowd. First thing. Second, if I want radical change in my life, I must join myself to the purposes of God. See, this is, this is the exciting part. It's not enough for me to just separate myself from something. People have tried that. They've become monks or nuns or they've cloistered themselves away, tried to stay away from the, from the culture. That's not enough. It is not enough to just separate yourself from something. You've got to join yourself to something. That's what Rahab did. She, she wasn't just looking for an escape from death. She was looking to experience life. She wanted to identify with the people of God. She wanted her life and her future to merge into this great stream of salvation history, the greater plan and purposes of God. You say, Pastor, how do you know that? How do you know Rahab didn't do what she did just to save her own skin? Well, a couple of things. Look at verse 12 of Joshua chapter 2. You'll see there where Rahab said to the spies, Now swear to me by the Lord that you will be kind to me and my family since I have helped you. Now here's where it's really important to understand a little bit about the original meaning of some of these words. The word Rahab uses here, translated be kind or be kind to me, is the Hebrew word chesed. It's the word that's often translated loving kindness to refer to God. And it speaks of the legal agreement God makes with His people to cover them. So Rahab is saying more than just, hey, I need you to do for me what I did for you. She's literally saying, guys, I want the same covering in my life that you have in yours. I want the same covering that comes from being in a relationship with your God. I want the same relationship with God that you're in. I want to be part of the covenant. That's what she's saying. And that's actually what happened. If you flip over a few pages to Joshua chapter 6, after the Israelites had um, conquered the city of Jericho, and everything's all over, the battle's been fought and won, you read this in verse 25 of Joshua chapter 6. But Rahab the prostitute and her father's household and all who belonged to her Joshua saved alive. All the others were killed. Joshua saved her alive. And she, watch this. She has lived in Israel to this day because she hid the messengers or the spies when Joshua sent them to spy out Jericho. Now, something very interesting here. If you go back and, and read Joshua chapter 2 and look at the agreement that Rahab made with the spies there is absolutely no requirement in that contract that would have made Rahab live among the Israelites for the rest of her life. She didn't have to do that. She could have gone on and gone off and done whatever she wanted to do. There was no requirement that she live with the Israelites for the rest of her life. Uh, in fact, that would have been a very difficult thing for her to do because Rahab was a Canaanite woman. And if you know anything about the history of Israel, you know that the Israelites never really received foreigners very well at all. 
They they were extremely prejudiced toward outsiders. And Rahab was a foreigner. But she wasn't just a foreigner. She was a foreigner who had lived an incredibly immoral kind of life. The Mosaic law condemned people like Rahab. And usually it punished them with death by stoning or some other method. So you've got to understand how hard it would have been for Rahab to live among the Israelites. But she did. She made the choice to live with them for the rest of her life. Now why? Because she wanted to identify with what God was doing through His people. She wanted to join herself to the greater plans and purposes of God. She wanted her life to merge into that greater stream of what God was going to do through the nation of Israel so that her life could take on some real significance and some real meaning and so she could make some real difference. And boy, did she make some difference. Rahab the prostitute became the mother of a man by the name of Boaz. The same Boaz who later married Ruth in the Old Testament book of Ruth. Now I bet some of you didn't know that before this morning, did you? Rahab was the mother of Boaz who married Ruth. Now Boaz and Ruth had a son whose name was Obed. Obed and his wife then had a son whose name was Jesse. Jesse and his wife then had a son whose name was David, who would become the great King David of Israel. And do you by chance know who came out of the line of David? The Word of God says, out of the lineage of David came one who would be called the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. You see, when Rahab decided she wanted radical change in her life, when she determined that she didn't have to live her life and make her decisions like everybody else, that she would be willing to break away from the crowd and join herself to the greater purposes of God, when she made the decision that she was no longer going to just live for herself, but she was going to live up to the potential for which God had created her, when she decided, I want my future to be different from my past, when she did that, God took her and inserted her into the Messianic line. Just just go take your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 1 and you look at that lineage, that very long genealogy of Jesus Christ. You know what you'll find there in Matthew chapter 1? You will find the name of Rahab, a nobody who became somebody. A prostitute who became a leading lady because she decided it was time for some radical change in her life. In 
Matthew chapter 21, Jesus says something that ought to rock every one of us back on our heels this morning. Because he spoke these words to the religious folk of his day. The church folk. Matthew chapter 21, beginning with verse 31, listen to this. Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes will go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to show you the way of righteousness, but you did not believe him. However, the tax collectors and the prostitutes did believe him. For even when you saw it, you did not afterward change. You did not change your minds and believe Him. You just wanted to stay right where you were. You wanted to live your life like everybody else. Tax collectors and prostitutes will go into the kingdom of heaven before you. Just listen. Rahab made it into God's hall of fame when a lot of good folk didn't. She made it when a lot of religious folk didn't. She made it when a lot of people who have never lived on the streets didn't. You know what? She made it when a lot of us won't. And you know why? Because we're not ready to break with the crowd. It's too costly, too inconvenient, it's too uncomfortable. I'll just live my life the way I've always lived it, the way everybody else is living their life. Oh, I'll come to church. But don't ask me to follow hard after Christ. Don't, don't ask me to break away from my friends. Don't ask me to break away from the culture. We're not ready to break with the crowd. Second, we won't get serious about joining ourselves to the greater purposes of God. We'd rather chase our own dreams. Preacher, I've got my own plans. I can do it my own way. You know what happens? Our lives become another Jericho that just crumbles into the dust. While the Rahabs of the world have their lives inserted into the great workings of God. So on this first Sunday of a brand new year, I'm not going to ask you to make a, a New Year's resolution. I mean, nobody keeps those, right? So I'm not going to ask you to make a New Year's resolution. I, what I am going to do is ask you a question. Are you going to live your life today the same way you lived it yesterday? Or do you really want your future to be different from your past? That's the question. The place is here, church. The time is now. Are you ready for some radical change in your life? 
I pray every one of us would say, yes, God, bring that change into my life today and may it continue into 2021 and in all the years ahead. Heavenly Father, for your word, we're grateful. Thank you for speaking to us in the reality of life And we are all very prone to look at Hebrews 11.31 and just say, well, I've never done those kind of things. I'm, I'm better than Rahab was. I don't need that kind of change. Father, help us to realize if we're here this morning and say we don't need that kind of change, we need that kind of change. You have called us to be different. Not for the sake of being different, but for the sake of living out and demonstrating before a world that has gone absolutely crazy and insane. The difference that only Jesus Christ can make in a desperately dark, decaying, spiritually decomposing culture. You have set us, Your people, to be lights in the darkness, salt, in the midst of the decay. And Father, if You can take Rahab, surely You can take us and use us to make a difference. We won't be inserted into the genealogy before Christ, but we're sure part of the genealogy after Christ. And that means you can take us and insert us into your great plans and purposes. The things you're working out in our homes, our schools, our places of business, our communities, our nation, and among the nations. God, we've got to want that. We've got to desire that. So we come to You this morning, as we always do, confessing that we cannot do this ourselves. We cannot do this in our own strength. God, please help us by Your Holy Spirit who dwells within us. Give us the courage and the strength to be able to break away from the crowd. To stand alone if need be. in our homes, in our schools, in our workplaces, in our communities, wherever we find ourselves. And help us, Lord, to have a desire more than anything else this morning is for You to take our lives and to insert them into Your great stream of, of salvation history, Your great plans and purposes that one day You're going to bring to completion when Christ returns to this earth and all things are made right and all things are made good. And we can look back and see, yes, Lord, we were a part of what You were doing in drawing all peoples 
and all nations unto yourself. God, may 2021 be a very different year from 2020 in a lot of ways, but in no way more important than in what you do in us to bring radical change to who we are that we might make a radical difference for you. It's the prayer that we pray in Christ's name. Amen. This morning, whether you're here in this worship center or whether you're at home, I want to encourage you to take a moment and reflect on what God's Word has had to say. And just like Rahab, now you and I have a decision to make. Do we want our future to be different from our past? Do we want tomorrow to be different from today? Do we want God to be able to take our lives and help us live up to our ultimate fulfillment and our purpose? That, that can happen. It can happen today. You say, God, I want that radical change in my life. Help me. Help me to break away from the crowd. Help me to join myself to your purposes. And if you're here this morning or you're hearing my voice and you know in your heart of hearts, You've never come to Christ for the very first time. Never given your heart and your life to Him. Never confessed your sins. Never asked His forgiveness. Never received His gift of eternal life. You can do that today. And you can begin this incredible journey walking with the Savior and discovering His great plan and purpose for your life. That's the first step. We'll be glad to receive you here this morning. You just want to come and say, Pastor, I need Jesus. We'll take as much time as we need to after service is over to walk you through that process. Um, but however God may be speaking to you this morning, I want to invite you to join me in standing if you would. We're going to sing. I'll be here at the front if I can pray for you. These altars are open. If you want to come and pray, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. May that be the prayer of your heart as we sing.